0: Welcome to the Family Tree Magazine podcast, the show from America's number one genealogy magazine. I'm your host, Lisa Louise Cook. Our theme for this December 2014 episode is the best of Family Tree Magazine. So we're going to start over at the Genealogy Insider blog, where managing editor Diane Haddad will give us the rundown on the top genealogy stories of 2014. And then Diane and I will jump right into our top tips segment to discuss her favorite articles and tips from the 2014 magazine issues. Then in our 101 Best Websites segment, I thought we would dig into a review of websites for keeping up on what's happening in genealogy with Alice Dolan. She's the publisher of Family Tree Magazine. And then in the Family Tree University Crash Course segment, the University Dean, Tyler Moss, will be here to share some of his favorite tips from the best webinars of the year. And then we'll wrap things up over at the publisher's desk, where Allison will rejoin me to give us a sneak peek at upcoming articles in 2015. There's a lot to cover, so let's get to it. Our first stop is the news from the blogosphere with Diane Haddad. Well, let's kick off this December episode of the Family Tree Magazine podcast with news from the blogosphere with Diane Haddad. Hi, Diane. Hi there. Hey, you've covered so much genealogy news in the last year uh, on the Genealogy Insider blog. I'd love to know, what do you consider some of the top genealogy stories of 2014?
1: Well, there has been a lot of genealogy news this year, lots of partnerships acquisitions ancestry.com and family search news so i kind of went through and found some that that really um generated a lot of commentary online So for partnerships, FamilySearch announced their um, partnership with Genealogy Bank to index obituaries, and that was kind of hand-in-hand with an earlier announcement they had made about an initiative just across the board to index obituaries because they have so much great information in them for genealogists. Um, See, another one with FamilySearch and Ancestry.com, they expanded the partnership from last year, Regarding international records, and Ancestry.com added an—they're adding an additional billion existing records from 67 countries that have already been indexed by FamilySearch. So, um, usually, you can watch—you'll see a collection come online at FamilySearch, and then it'll be—you know—it'll then appear on Ancestry.com, and that's part of this agreement. Um, MyHeritage and BillionGrave partnered on Cemetery Indexing and Digitization, and um, another one we saw RootsTech and FGS, they joined together, they announced that those two conferences are going to be held in conjunction in February of 2015.
0: Yeah, and that's huge. I mean, that's going to be a huge yeah. event. And it's just, it's really cool to see so many of these um, large organizations partnering with each other when I mean, we all benefit from that.
1: We do. Yeah. There have been some acquisitions too. Um, find My Past acquired both Macavo and the Origins dot net genealogy websites in June. So that was. Pretty exciting um, and then there's been a lot of stuff with Ancestry.com. Um, their DNA circles was a recent announcement. Um, earlier this year they announced they were going to retire MyFamily.com, the YDNA and MTDNA testing, uh, Genealogy.com, that Mundia.com website and then MyCanvas and then later on they actually transferred MyCanvas to another site so that one if you people had a project on MyCanvas they'll still be able to access that. and print um, products from that. Let's see. Oh, they had that um, distributed denial-of-service attack in June. (laughs) That was kind of a big deal, and a lot of people couldn't access the site for several days. So, yeah, um, yeah, there was a lot of... Fire. A lot of action. Uh, people yeah. being upset online and not knowing what to do with their time anymore. Yeah,
0: um, I'm sure. It must have been a frantic couple of days for Ancestry, too.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then also they finally have um, ended access to old search, which a lot of very experienced long-time Ancestry.com users have been using for a while, even after they introduced the new search. So um, I think there were some people who weren't too happy about old search. And Ancestry continues to try to incorporate the best things about that search experience with the current search interface. Mm-hmm.
0: Man, when you when you go through a list like that, you really realize so much has been happening in just one year's time. It's it's no wonder yeah. that just things change so quickly. But yeah. uh, it's all moving forward, I think right?
1: It is. And generally to the benefit of um, records access for genealogists.
0: Absolutely. Well, Genealogy Insider blog is a huge benefit for all of the genealogists out there just to keep track of all this. So we'll have links to all these uh, articles and updates that Diane has kind of run through as our overview of 2004 continues. And I'm hoping, Diane, that I can hold you over for the top tips segment because I'd love to talk a bit about some of your favorite articles and the tips that you pulled out of them yourself and used. And those come from the 2014 issues that were published throughout the year. So are you up for that?
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Okay, we'll see you on the other side. (laughs) Well, now that we've covered the big genealogy stories of 2014, in our Blogosphere segment, I've asked the editor of Family Tree Magazine, Diane Haddad, to stay with me so that we could get together here on the Top Tips segment to cover some of her favorite magazine articles and, more importantly, the tips that she pulled out of them and uses herself. Hi, Diane. Hi there. (laughs) Gosh, this is a big task because, uh, so much has been covered in the last 12 months in family tree magazine. Um, but you know, you have been new in your role as editor this year. So you are really hands on day to day. Um, I'd love to hear from you. What were some of your favorite stories and some of the tips that you were, uh, personally tapping into for your own research?
1: Sure. It is, um, great to be in this kind of position where I get the first look at all of this genealogy expertise that our writers share with us, and they're really the ones with that in-depth knowledge that I then benefit from, <laughs> because I spend a lot of time, you know, reading it and, um, you know, making sure that readers' questions will be answered as they go through the article. Um so one story that I thought was really good this year was the DNA success stories. That was in our July-August issue, and Blaine Bettinger wrote it. He's a genealogy blogger, and he um, put together some real-life examples about um, brick walls that different families have faced in researching their family history. There was a adopted um, father, a great-grandmother who'd been adopted, and they had no idea who the parents were. Um, Someone had taken a test and um, got back information about having American Indian roots and didn't know where it came from. And then there was a person who had inconclusive records saying that um, this one man was his ancestor or this man wasn't his ancestor, and he was trying to figure out which set of records is correct. Right. So um, Blaine went through each situation and... Um, Named the different kinds of tests that the people took to try to figure this out. And I think that, um, that's a really good way to learn about what you can do with genetic genealogy because it can be such an intimidating topic. Um, finding out, you know, the reasons that people picked the different tests that they took and what those tests told them, I think is a, it's helpful to have that example.
0: I totally agree, because once you figure out what your genealogical question is that you're trying to solve, it, it's not a done deal yet. You still have to determine right. which test, who takes the test, and which right. company is the best choice. And um, right. I, I enjoyed, too, that he really let us see that in action. It helps.
1: Yeah, yeah. And sometimes there's even a follow-up test that you then need to take and put yeah. those results together with the first results. So, <laughs> um, so that was very helpful. We have people probably have noticed the genealogy workbook series that's in the middle of the magazine and it covers um, one record type in depth in each issue as far as, you know, what kind of information is there, how you should use that in your research, where it points you in different directions as to your next steps, and how to find these records. And I found that particularly helpful. Um, we had the Military Pensions Guide this year that Shelley Bishop wrote, and I have a Civil War pension that I need to get. So um, mm. so using the information in that guide. Um is something that I'm, I'm going to do. And then Sunny Morton also did our probate records guide, and I think that's another record group that's so potentially informative and also intimidating to, to start researching um, because each area might keep their probate records slightly differently. So Sunny goes through how to figure out the system for the records in your ancestor's area.
0: Yeah, exactly. So you can go by jurisdiction and then figure it out because you're right, there are a couple of those groups out there where you hear about them, you know, you should be tapping into them. But there's Mm -hmm. always that hesitancy. It's like, Oh, I'm being a newbie all over again. It's kind of tough,
1: right? Where do I even begin? (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> so this is a good series to help people with that. The family tree harvest article by Rick Crew was in the January February issue and he went through several different family tree websites that people can search for hints um that other genealogists have put online about their family trees. And of course he, you know, gives you the caveat that you have to take these trees with a grain of salt because there's no independent verification you of know, the research that's up to each individual person to verify what they find in an online tree. But in this sidebar, he listed a sidebar with you know, additional websites. And there's a German one called Jedboss that I, I researched and I actually found people who are related to me. So that was pretty exciting.
0: Okay, now that's one that I I think I remember reading that, but I didn't to go back and check it out. It was Jen Boss. That's what, G-E-N-B-A-S?
1: It's Jed Boss. It's G-E-D-B-A-S dot genealogy dot net. And then we'll also send over the, there's an English language interface for that. So I will put that and we can add those to the show notes.
0: Oh, great. Okay. So we'll have the, the English version of jedboss.genealogy.net. We'll have the full link for you in the show notes. So people are uploading their family trees and you had some luck with that, huh?
1: I did. Yes. They have uh, someone, some wonderful person in Germany has gone and added my, some of my Leiden Cotter relatives to that site.
0: Oh, fantastic. Wow. So, you know, he's saying, here's some places to look that you might not have looked before beyond what ancestry.com's family trees and, and see if you can find some leads. Of course, he made a good point. You know, they're not always necessarily fully sourced. So you still have to do your own homework, don't you?
1: Yeah, but they're full of hints. You know, if you're at a brick wall, it's great to go see what someone else thinks. And then, you know, you can look for those same records to confirm that information.
0: Perfect. Any others that uh, jumped out that you want to mention?
1: Well, I think the March-April issue, that was pretty popular with readers. That was totally dedicated to online research with um, articles that were kind of like cheat sheets for the major genealogy websites.
0: Yeah. And that's something that we could all use every day because <laughs> <Yes. laughs> we're online every day poking around and looking for uh, information for research. So, well, uh, we can um, put links in the show notes in Shop Family Tree so that if you want to still get your hands on that uh, March, April, 2014 issue, because uh, yeah, it was chock full of the websites that we use most often and really how to get the most out of them. Uh, I don't know if there's paper versions that you still, but you can get that digital download, which could be really handy. So we'll have a link for that in the show notes. Great. Well, this is a fabulous roundup of some of the best articles, ones to keep our eyes on. And um, we will, again, have links in the show notes to some of the websites and all the websites that Diane mentioned. Thank you so much, Diane. Great list. You're welcome. Throughout the year, in the 101 Best Websites for Tracing Your Roots segment, we've brought you a lot of great genealogy websites. Well, I've invited the publisher of Family Tree Magazine, Allison Dolan, to join me in this 101 Best Websites segment to talk about some of the best websites for keeping up on what's happening in genealogy. Hi, Allison. Hi, Lisa. You know, I love the way the list is put together every year because it's broken up into different categories. And the category I wanted to focus in this, you know, year-end wrap-up is best genealogy news websites. Because keeping track of what's happening um, is really key to getting the most out of um, you know what's available online and offline in terms of our research. Uh, share with us, what are some of the websites that were recommended in this year's list?
2: Sure, I would love to. Of course, I would be remiss if I didn't remind folks that our Genealogy Insider blog on FamilyTreeMagazine.com is also a great way to keep up on the genealogy news. Diane really does a, um, a fabulous job of keeping track of what's happening and bringing that news to you, but not only the news itself, but what it means to you as a genealogist. So after getting that plug in there, (laughs) um, I would love to share some of the, what we feel are the best um, websites for keeping up on the news in addition to our own site. Um, One blog that I think is really great for keeping up on genealogy websites in particular is called the Ancestry Insider. And the Insider is sort of a persona adopted by a real-world person. Um, He used to work for the genealogy technology industry and now kind of uses that inside knowledge to share what's going on at companies like FamilySearch and Ancestry.com on his blog. And so that's a great place to kind of get some more in-depth information beyond just the news headlines.
0: Yeah, and he and you're right. He touches on family search as well um, as Ancestry, and it's it's kind of nice to understand what goes on behind the scenes. So you can understand what you're working with when you hit the website.
2: Yes, two esteemed women in our genealogy blogging world, are dear Myrtle and you, Lisa Louise Cook, <laughs> and your genealogy gems website. We recommend Dear Myrtle's site and your genealogy gem sites as um, two great places to keep uh, track of. New resources in the industry, tutorials, videos, um, how to's, all kinds of great information to help keep your genealogy research plugging along.
0: Yeah. And, and Dear Myrtle was really a trailblazer in that and, and started so early, uh, when the internet kind of came online and really got cooking. And boy, she keeps her, her eyes and ears open. And it's, I appreciate being included in the list. You know, we've kind of, added a lot more blog posts. We're blogging just about every day now at genealogy gems
2: because there's so much to cover, right? So there um, is, it's a big job (laughs) for sure. Um, also, Two oldies but goodies um, that we think are worth paying attention to. Eastman's online genealogy newsletter, which isn't strictly a newsletter and hasn't been for some time. (laughs) Really, the blog is quite a destination for covering genealogy technology. Uh, Dick himself has been blogging about, well, writing about before there were blogs and lecturing on technology topics um, since I've been in the genealogy field for the past 15 years. Um, He's got some great content and occasionally invites in some uh, guest posters to share their perspectives, which is great. Um, And then, of course, don't forget about RootsWeb. Although email lists may not be kind of the in um, vogue thing anymore the archives of the mailing lists are a great source of information about specific questions that you might have about your own family or about um, different genealogy resources and it's got tons of how-to primers and expertise so a great place to kind of stop by and check out when you're facing a new research topic that you want to learn about Yep, yeah, there's so
0: many so many things to um, keep track of, and I think finding those voices that you feel g- you know good and comfortable with, and that are covering the topics that mean something to you, um, it's it's kind of cool these days that you can pretty much customize the kinds of news information that you get based on what your areas of research are. It's it's a perfect time to be a genealogist.
2: Absolutely, and I would also love to remind people that. It can be kind of exhausting to go out and search for all of this news and the great thing about blogs is that you can either put them in a reader feed reader like Feedly or you can put the uh, subscribe to them by email so that that information and new posts get delivered to your email inbox automatically and then you don't have to go search for them so you can have the news come to you
0: yeah that's a great tip feedly.com uh is a is the blog reader that she's talking about and a great resource for kind of congregating all of your blog posts together in an email format blog trotter is one and there's no er at the end it's just an r <laughs> blogtrotter.com. we'll have links to those in the show notes so that you can get the news delivered right to you perfect wonderful thank you so much and, and we'll talk to you as we wrap up the show sounds good thanks so much lisa 2014 Family Tree University delivered a ton of great webinars full of how-to information that you could apply to your genealogy research right away. I've invited Tyler Moss, the online editor at Family Tree Magazine, to join me to talk about some of his favorite webinars and tips that he picked up throughout the year. Hi, Tyler.
3: Hi, Lisa. Thanks for having me.
0: I know that you orchestrate all of these webinars throughout the year, and you are any a... Um, terrific spot to be able to sit in on all of them. I imagine you have a few favorites over 2014. Uh, I'd love to have you share a couple of them and maybe some of the tips that you've actually pulled out of those.
3: Absolutely. Well, you know, we had a ton of great webinars in 2014, but there are definitely, um, specific tips that stick out to me and specific webinars that I found, you know, particularly interesting. Um, so I want to go ahead and dive right into them. The first one I want to talk about is the webinar Using DNA to Solve Family Mysteries. This was a webinar presented by Blaine Bettinger, and it was, of course, about genetic genealogy. And one of the interesting points I think he makes that you don't always think about is it's important when it comes to genetic genealogy to know, um, not just what genetic genealogy is capable of, but what it's not capable of. And what I mean by that is, you know, if you want to examine your deep ancestry or examine, you know, thinking deep as in thousands of years ago, or examine recent ancestry within past 500 to 700 years, those are the kind of things genetic genealogy is good at, or identifying unknown genetic relatives, or um, testing genealogical hypotheses, those sort of things. But it's also important to know that tests will not necessarily return a family tree and that testing alone cannot always determine whether or not you're related to somebody. In fact, you know, DNA alone rarely solves mysteries. You have to combine it a lot with your traditional research, which is something I think a lot of people don't necessarily think about. They think maybe, you know, it's a complex topic and, and kind of think of it as maybe a solve all, but you have to kind of use it in conjunction with your standard um, genealogy research.
0: Right. It's a piece of the puzzle, not a standalone um, solution, if you will.
3: <laughs> exactly. The next one I want to talk about is actually a webinar you did, Lisa, making Evernote effortless. So it was a great webinar, and we all know what a big and useful tool Evernote is for genealogy. One of the great points I think that you made in that webinar is that um Evernote is a great tool for source citations. Um, you know, for instance you demonstrated how you can take a screenshot of a citation detail on, for instance, on Ancestry.com or something like that, and you can put that in your Evernote and then have the image link back to the actual page that the record is on. And I thought that was very cool. And you know, sometimes people are deterred from you know, recording their source citations, because it seems like a difficult process, but you just showed how easy it can be with Evernote, which I thought was very neat.
0: Exactly. No more excuses, right? It's built right in. So it's so easy to do. Okay, terrific. And you said you had four, so you're third.
3: Yes, my third one is actually a webinar called Photo Editing and Retouching for Genealogists, and this was by Nancy Hendrickson. One of the great tips, I think, that she said in this webinar is that when you scan your old photos, scan them in color, even if the image is in black and white. Now this might seem nonsensical, but even a black and white image can have subtle variations in shades of gray and in white space and in, you know, dark space. So by scanning in color, you're able to better draw out the contrast in these photos, so that way they look a lot better when they're digitized, which I think is something you might not necessarily think about.
0: Yeah, good point. And your fourth one.
3: And finally, my fourth one is from the webinar Cloud Genealogy Crash Course, and this was a webinar by Randy Whited. And in this one, he talks about how, you know, there's so much more to the cloud than just online storage. Of course, online storage is a major component, but the uses for cloud genealogy, far surpassed the obvious. He talks about things like Google Drive and Evernote, of course, which allow you to access your genealogy notes from any computer with an internet connection. But he also discusses apps to pull information off of the Internet and save to review later, such as the app Pocket and Feedly, as well as the Evernote Web Clipper. Um, and he even goes into photo sharing, you know, saving your old photos to the cloud and collaborative online family treats. What it, that webinar did is it really broadened kind of my personal definition of what cloud genealogy is, which I thought was very neat as well.
0: Yeah. And Randy's great with that stuff. I mean, he, I remember interviewing him at RootsTech a couple of years ago and he's kind of been on the forefront of um, helping genealogists work with the cloud. And I think you're making a great point that he emphasized in that webinar about the fact that it touches so many different areas of um, our files and our research. And of course, that makes it all um, possible to, to do our research on the go and have it available no matter where we are, whatever device we're using. So you got to love that. Well, these are all great tips. He's got uh, four great webinars that he shared with us, using DNA for solving mysteries and the Evernote effortless, effortless class, um, photo editing and retouching, and, of course, the cloud genealogy crash course. We'll have all the details and links for you in the show notes. And um, I'd say that was a pretty great list. Thank you so much, Tyler. And we will talk to you in 2015.
3: Sounds good. See you then.
0: Well, it's time to wrap up this December episode of the Family Tree Magazine podcast, and we're going to check in at the publisher's desk, and welcome back, Allison Dolan. Hi, Allison. Hi, Lisa. You know, we've been um, kind of recapping the whole 2014 year, and I, I was thinking about it. it. There's been so much going on, not only in the genealogy world, but right there at Family Tree Magazine. Talk a little bit about what are some of the changes you guys have experienced over the last uh, 12 months.
2: We have had quite a busy year here at Family Tree Magazine. Of course, those of you who regularly read our publication will know that um, it's our first year with Diane Haddad at the helm as the editor in chief. And so she's introduced some exciting new columns and departments and put her fingerprint on the issues that you're receiving in your mailbox. So that's been really um, exciting for us. Um, Also, we've been sort of mirroring the trends that are happening in the wider genealogy community. Um, We published a book on Ancestry.com. That's obviously been a really popular resource and tons to keep up with, (laughs) with changes (laughs) happening there over the course of 2014. We also have kind of been on top of the genetic genealogy phenomenon that's really been increasing in interest and popularity over the year. Um, We introduced a genetic genealogy class a few months ago. Um, It quickly became our most popular and well-attended class that we've ever had at Family Tree University. So we're excited to help people puzzle those DNA mysteries in their family tree.
0: Exactly. Well, and you think about last month's uh, episode, that one was just Really, really downloaded so many people interested in using DNA for family history. And of course, that was our whole theme.
2: Absolutely. It's really a hot topic right now, and we're delighted to be able to help people um, better understand it and take advantage of the wonderful tools that we have available to us. And, of course, um, our Family Tree University virtual conferences are always an exciting part of our year here at Family Tree Magazine, and we were delighted that our fall virtual conference was actually our best attended and biggest virtual conference ever. We are so looking forward to meeting again um, in winter of 2015 and continuing that trend.
0: Yeah, that's. I think that's really growing. People are starting to, to get it that more and more they can do so much of the education right from home, right? And, and the virtual conference is still uh, an area where genealogists can come together. You guys can visit on the message boards. It still has so many of those wonderful elements of conferences, but the convenience of doing it from home.
2: Absolutely. I can tell you um, from experience, that is the only way to do a conference with a two-year-old. <laughs> it is through a virtual venue. It is not possible otherwise.
0: <laughs> I bet. I bet. And, and also, um, I know you've got something in the works, something exciting to look forward to in 2015. So tell us all about that.
2: Of course, we are super excited here at Family Tree Magazine to be celebrating our 15th anniversary um, in January. So, this is um, obviously a great time for us to sort of reflect on where we've been and where we're going. And I'm excited to announce a special contest just for podcast listeners that will help celebrate our 15th anniversary.
0: Fabulous. We're going to get them involved, aren't we?
2: We sure are. We want to know how Family Tree Magazine has helped you in the past decade and a half, whether you've been a reader for a few months or a few years or the whole time. So we're going to launch this contest, and some of you will be featured in our special anniversary episode in January. And here's how you can participate. You're going to call us at the phone number 847 868 0387 and leave us a voicemail message. In that message, you will say your name, your hometown, and how long you've read Family Tree Magazine to help us get acquainted with you. Then tell us the best thing you've learned from Family Tree Magazine. For example, is there a specific tip or resource that enabled you to make a research breakthrough? Let us know about that. And then finally, wrap it up by saying happy anniversary, Family Tree Magazine. If we feature your voicemail in the January episode, you will win a free copy of our 15 Years of Family Tree Magazine DVD. That's kind of like your complete Family Tree Magazine library in a portable, searchable format, so super helpful. Um, Hopefully, that will entice some of you to share your uh, tips and favorites from Family Tree Magazine, Um, and the contest will be open through January 5th, 2015 that is just a few weeks away. So don't wait. And we would like to thank you in advance for sharing your feedback and for being part of our family tree magazine community.
0: I am really excited about getting our listeners voices here on the podcast. Um, of course, This month, I think I'm a bit squeaky with a bit of a cold, and (laughs) as you argue, we could use some new voices, and it's going to be really fun to get all of you who listen each month to to join us here and share your thoughts and ideas. I cannot wait to hear your voicemails, and I got to tell you, Allison, I think this DVD sounds awesome because that makes all the articles searchable, right?
2: It does make all of the articles searchable, so it's really a great way to get rid of the paper that may be piling up on your (laughs) dining room table (laughs) and have something that you can not only search while you're doing genealogy at home, but you can take it with you, use it at the library, on your research trips. It's really super portable and convenient.
0: Fabulous. Well, we will have the phone number that she just gave out in the show notes and all the information there. Uh, And we look forward to seeing you guys all in 2015. Thank you, Allison.
2: Thank you, Lisa. And look forward to next year. Thanks
0: so much for joining me for this December 2014 episode of the Family Tree Magazine podcast, the monthly show from America's number one genealogy magazine. I hope you enjoyed visiting with the staff at Family Tree Magazine and hearing about their favorite stories and articles and tips as much as I did. As always, you can get all the details on everything that we talked about in this episode over at the show notes. Head to familytrainmagazine.com slash podcast. Thank you again for joining me today. I'm Lisa Louise Cook, and I invite you to visit me at my website, genealogygems.com, where you can listen to my free podcast, the Genealogy Gems Podcast, and that's also available for free through iTunes. So until next time, have a Happy holiday, a wonderful new year, and have fun climbing your family tree.